hello, hello, and welcome to the Long Road Podcast. The journey goes ever on with Long Road. This episode, going back to the source. This week, Steve Bonham and me, Chris the Bish Leiden, we have a chat about where the Long Road started musically, where it's been, and where it's going. The Long Road Podcast is exploring the world of the vagabond, the troubadour, the adventurer. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic, it's rich, and it's real. And if those are the sorts of sentiments that make your brain light up, then hop on board. We're embracing all of those things, celebrating all of that, and we'd love it if you joined us on the journey. Greetings, I'm Chris the Bish Leiden. It's great to have you with me again for another episode. Huge thanks to everyone who tuned in for last week. First episode back after uh, over a year of some people waiting. Um, some of you hungry, hungry fans out there were hopefully sated for a few days. Uh, um, personally, I'm quite pleased we're managing to get episode two out on schedule. Um, do drop us a line on Facebook with your thoughts or even just let us know where in the world you're listening from. I, I know there's friends of ours in Australia who are fans. I've got pals in Germany who seem to enjoy having my verse reverberating around their flat for 30 minutes or so. So good on them. Um, the uh, the stats we get from Apple and SoundCloud tell us all kinds of things. Um, but here's some facts for you. Our, our top country for listeners right now is... Well, that's actually the United States. Um, the UK comes a close second. Then Germany is third. Hello, vielen Dank, dass Sie sich unseren kleinen Podcast angehört haben. Fourth is Spain. Uh, now, I only attempted some German just then because many years ago I could actually speak it quite well. Uh, but Spanish, eh, never really got very far with that one. I'll, uh, I'll see if the big man Kev, who lives in Spain, can uh, drop me a line with some gushing thank yous on Espanol uh, for, for next time. Further down the listening list, uh, Canada, Portugal, Japan, New Zealand. Uh, it was remarkable, really. Thanks also to everyone who came to support me and Steve um, when we were playing in Derbyshire last week. It was great to have a full house and some serious stomping slash cheering support it was amazing um it was a, a cold february night outside but inside it was hot 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 now as i speak steve is literally on his way to australia so um do check out um steve bonham's uh facebook page uh and you can see where his shows are in ours in the coming weeks if you're in that part of the world if anyone is interested in recommending uh the long road or steve bonham and the bishop the acoustic duo version or indeed you book um your own venue or festival um hop along to artisan-creative.com that's our sort of parent website um and if you go to artisan slash um, artisan-creative.com slash sbatb steve bonham and the bishop S-B-A-T-B. Uh, you'll see a video of me, uh, Steve and me for our duo stuff. Uh, if you go to that website slash the hyphen long hyphen road, the long road, uh, you'll see a video of the full band. Or if you know of any that would suit us, please drop us a line or drop them a line, get them to book us. That'd be great. Um, now, your weekly reminder to check out our videos on YouTube. We really appreciate the support we're getting for everyone to gain some traction in the universe. It, it, and it really is so helpful. And anything you can do to help uh, is is vital and appreciated so like the videos on youtube comment on them uh, share them on social media all that stuff so the content of this week's episode is coming right up um i tried to keep the rambling intro a little bit shorter this week <laughs> So this is a new segment to the podcast, um, where we're going to take a deeper dive looking into some of our songs on their own, uh, where they come from, what inspired them, um, the often 
true stories that are running alongside them uh, and we'll play you a little snippet of them as well um now don't forget to support your friendly independent artists us uh, if you like what you hear why not download the tracks on apple music or itunes or whatever whatever that's called these days um so this week's long road revealed is well um it's a road actually ha nominative determinism is real um no um for um, for some reason, road names over here in the UK aren't always that sexy. Uh, the A451 that passes through Kidminster, for instance. Um, the M69, which you'd think would be a fabulously exciting road. Mm, it links Coventry to Leicester. Enough said. Um, I suppose we do have the occasional good one, um, quite like the uh, the Snake Pass, for instance, in North Oxfordshire, or uh, around that part of the world as well. There's the, the Cat and Fiddle Road. Um, now, the road names in the U.S. aren't often super colourful, but yeehaw, some of them do just conjure up images. I mean, of course, Route 66 is perhaps the most famous. So one of the songs on our EP that we released um, in sort of October last year, uh, the song is called Interstate 25. Uh, it's one of my favourites. Uh, it's got a really cool groove to it, and it's and for me, it's instant landscape painting. It takes you to a, a place... Um, Anyway, I'll hand over to Steve now to explain just where the name and where the song Interstate 25 comes from. Well, as usual, I was uh, on the trail somewhere. In this case, I was uh, I was looking for what I could find of the story of a woman called Paula Angel. I, I have no recollection of how I first heard of this story, but... Uh, but it, it's kind of one of those things that sticks in your brain. And she, she'd been the first woman to be hung in, in New Mexico. I was traveling around New Mexico, trekking and uh, in an RV and got to Las Vegas, Las Vegas, New Mexico, not uh, Nevada. Uh, much smaller place, much more full of, in its own heyday of uh, gun-toting criminals, perhaps. Uh, anyway, in an old shop, which was owned by the Santa Fe Trail Association. I got talking to these two old guys, a guy called Leroy Ledoux, uh, who was a Frenchman, a trapping, uh, or French ancestry. His family had been trappers and trapped their way down the West Coast until getting to New Mexico, presumably they ran out of beavers. Uh, and the other guy uh, was a guy called Joe Lopez. Joe was really, really old. Uh, he wore a sort of blue denim uh, boiler suit and uh, he had sort of roomy eyes and spoke mainly Spanish. <laughs> he, t- he turned out to be he turned out to be Billy the Kid's third cousin, which was, a, which was just another story altogether. Although he did tell me that um, Billy the Kid was much misunderstood. Anyway, that they knew of uh, poor Angel. No one else in this town had heard of her, and they said she, she came from a place called. I think it was Loma Parada, uh, which is on the outskirts, or a few miles out, down the Interstate 25. Aha, uh-huh. Interstate 25 from Las Vegas, and it was now a ghost town. And so I thought I must go and see this place where she 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 lived. So I got there just as the sun was going down, and um, the old buildings were just all ruined and wrecked, and kind of glowing in the evening light. It was a herd of buffalo grazing by the creek. And ruins an old casino and a hotel where the soldiers from nearby Fort Union used to come across to take their pleasure. 
And just as I was getting truly spooked, an old timer called Ben C. Devaka, who still lived there in a, in a wooden hut that he built himself with signs all around it saying, keep out. He truly was the last man standing and he just refused to leave and give up. And uh, so he told me what had happened to the town and how it had been sold out. And then that's how the song was born. And as I drove away of this muddy track forever, uh, when she got onto the Interstate 25, and just at that moment, his huge hawk flew over the road, and it was a kind of, uh, it was a moment. Interstate 25, uh, the song you've just heard a little snippet of on Apple Music or iTunes or Amazon Music or wherever it is that you get your tunes these days. Um, you can listen to the full thing, even buy it for 79p or whatever it costs these days. Um, enjoy some handcrafted artisanal music. Um, so, next up is a conversation that Steve and I had recently over a cup of tea, um, and we were sat in rather creaky chairs, it seems. And this conversation was about where the long road came from, what we've done, and what we're trying to do. The main thrust of which is about going back to the source. Not only being inspired by songs and songwriters and the styles that we love, but actually going back to what those songwriters were inspired by. Or as we say, going back to the source. I'll see you on the other side. people as much as inspired by what they were inspired by if that's too complicated a way of looking at it um, so I think what we've tried to do on um, on on this uh, whole American wilderness thing is is go back to the source go back beyond the songs you know it's interesting I was um, I went and spent a few days on a Zuni reservation mm. uh, which is a Zuni uh, people uh, over in New Mexico not the oldest ever inhabitants of the United States, but but probably probably close to it. So they were there before the Americans, Native Americans, moved down from the north. So mm. you know the Cherokee and the Sioux and oh, not the Cherokee were there, the Sioux and uh, Apache and people like that. 
they moved down. So these people, the Pueblo people, uh, were pastoralists. They lived in quite big communities. One of the things they did is they make now, because most of their ways of living have been superseded by technology and big farming and stuff, so they make their living out of doing jewellery and the most exquisite pottery. And to make that pottery, they make their clay. Mm. So literally they, they... And it's a huge undertaking, uh, um, hard. You have to you know, you have to go and collect it, you have to make it, you have to clean it, you have to... whole process of... Te- before you start making the potter, pottery... They treat that clay as very precious. You know, I was there w- w- with uh, one of the most famous uh, potters uh, and she dropped some on the floor and she picked it up and carefully cleaned it mm. and kept it in a bag because she's going to use it again and again and again. And it, it, it struck me that's that's a bit like how we, we've looked at writing this album, which is not to go and listen to other musicians and interpret what they've yeah, done, yeah, yeah. which makes it a bit second-hand. But it's we we've gone and made the clay. We've gone to mm-hmm. Appalachia and Tennessee and Georgia, and Kev zoomed around on his you know on his one of his mad treks to mm-hmm. see his uh, the places that we all grew up with, and and then re- you know in one sense we are bound to respond to those that clay that 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 source very differently. We're you know we're English and mm-hmm. we respond yeah, in our own way yeah. to it. So, but that in a strange way, I think makes it more authentic perhaps it makes us do it the way that fit, fits us which is how that music was created in the first place mm-hmm. you know for me that's that that's been the, the most um exciting thing that we've done mm. that those songs i think all all, all my life I, I just as just as i you know, often joke on stage i can't write songs in an attic because i don't have one um so so much of what i write about has come from the dirt and the grit of the road and yeah. being out there and, and, yeah. and the conversations, you know. There's a song that's going to come out on later EPs called Bridge Across the River. And that song was written in my head uh, on the morning after uh, my Nashville debut. And I walked down Broadway and I walked to a bridge that crosses, crosses over the river uh, to where there's a big football stadium where the Tennessee Titans play. Mm. Uh, and it's a lovely Sunday morning and there are thousands of people just they're walking to the game thousands of them walking across this bridge to the game and there's a preacher preaching to them as they come by he kept coming out with his lines and I just stopped to listen to him one of the lines was if you want to understand the cure you've got to appreciate the sin Mm -hmm. which I just think (laughs) is probably one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in life one of the best invitations but yeah that line and I just sat I sat down on the on the side of the road back against the bridge and I I wrote down loads of lines mm. that he was saying, yeah. you know, and just just thought about I once I thought he was quite a brave guy, you know. I mean no one was taking much notice of him. A few of them sort of sort of said Hallelujah, but most of the time to be ignored for the best part of forty five minutes yeah. he didn't stop. He didn't stop. I thought that was brilliant. A girl and a guitar, or yeah. you know, a bloke and a banjo, or whatever. Yeah, feeling um, sorry for himself. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think we, I think we've got a, we've got a bigger range than that. And <laughs> yeah. I think we've, I think we've, I think we've 
perhaps found the ex- not not necessarily the furthest extremes, but certainly some extremes of it in this one. Yeah, you know, some of the we- some of the weirder songs in this one that um, God, you couldn't have, you couldn't have foreseen them. You know, yeah. a, a year ago we wouldn't have thought, oh yes, we're going to end up writing a song that's that yeah. weird or got that weird sound world. Um, I think there's some bits on which are st- they've still got our stamp on, but the stamp has, for want of a better term, I guess, matured in the in the time that we've been writing them, performing them. Because a lot, uh, you know, a bunch of these songs. I mean, they're all brand new. They're all new in the last all less than at a least year old. you know, and well, a good a, a good a good few of them have been performed lots already. We took them on tour um, as the three of us. You'd pl- you've done a bunch of them on your. Tours of America, so yeah. you've there. There are some of the new ones we did last time from Rattlesnake and Reliance were um, like brand new in the in the in the in the run of things. But actually, a lot of these are sort of battle tested. Yeah. Um, but there are some. There are some brand new ones. You know, some ones that me and Kev were going into going. All oh, right. Well, we don't know this one yet. <laughs> um, That's always exciting. Yeah. You know, I can. I feel quite confident that. I can point in every song to something that caused it to be, and that was kind of the vision yeah. we had, you know. So I didn't listen to modern country or even old country and say, well, let me write one of those. I mean, the other thing which I think, talk about recording, is scary, is stumbling, as we normally do, stumbling onto the four EPs equaled an album mm. concept, rather than have an album which we could release now at 15 songs, mm. which a vast majority would probably not get listened to or heard. The fact we're doing four EPs means that, you know, you get four at a time. You sit and think about those three, mm. which, and the scary thing is, you can't do what you used to do and stick a couple of album fillers on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so it's like every song's got to do its own, lift its own well, weight. I mean, there's is... nothing on here which I think is filler. Mm. I mean... I know there was one that you you wouldn't have done unless me and Kevin said we should do it. Yeah, um, Midnight Radio. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, it's fine. But me and Kevin, oh, no, it's, it's it's we should Good, do it. Yeah, and yeah. it's and, and I think I, I mean I really like that one. I mean, the approach we're taking this time is to so releasing these four EPs, so the fi- fifteen tracks. First EP is already out with three tracks on, yeah. and there'll be three more this year with four on each. And just what what's that similar to? I mean, is it's I don't. It's not quite. I know, not quite the same as releasing a trilogy of films. Films tend to be their own sort of unique thing for each thing. But these definitely feel like there's a. It's a collection of fifteen songs that we just happen to be breaking down into smaller chunks. And where, is it similar to? I don't know. Different sort of different rooms at an art gallery of one exhibition, and allowing each little collection to be seen a bit more fully. As you say, there's going to be nothing on there that we're hiding away. Or glossing yeah. over, yeah. It's like with four tracks, it's like we 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 want the message of those four tracks to be heard and seen. And yeah. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing is this idea of our reimagining a musical response to the moonshine, the myth, and the magic of of the United of the states of the southern states of America, which, after all, are one of the most extraordinary musical no they are the most extraordinary mm. musical a region in the whole world I can think of nowhere else in the world which has generated so many different genres of music mm. in so short a time we're talking about yeah. just over 100, 100 years, years yeah. of 
everything, yeah. you know, just keeps going. And, 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 it, and that melting pot of peoples, different peoples and experience. So, you know, the, the theme of the American wilderness, what it's like to respond and be out there in that, that mythological place is what binds the four of them together, as does our own personal experience of, of the music and of the place. And then those four, yeah, maybe they are. They are. I like the idea, analogy of the rooms in the in the museum. And I, I was thinking maybe they're four different sections of a book. Yeah. Like four. So you know, the American, the first one, uh, it's not neat. But American Wilderness EP. A lot of that, the the big song on there is you know it's definitely part of the history of the place mm, yeah. and, and the rawness of the place. You know, and that theme continues into the next one, which we're going to call Moonshine Elegy, which is very much about, you know, what you can get up to when uh, the forces of the state are at a distance. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, what happens when you you clash with it? You know, one of them, Out of the Darkness, is going to be very much about the harshness of of Mm. that place and uh, and the, the Old Testament taste that it's got yeah and the last one hopefully is some looking for gold is kind of saying yeah well let's not just get too mm. gloomy there's that but you know they are visceral yeah. in that sense that's yeah. the idea is to try and do something so we'll we'll see you know and yeah. certainly on the the first EP people have been yeah really really keen yeah. and you know taken life of its own really. Bishop's Daily Bread. And now, what the heck will this be about this week? Oh, that's just my internal monologue speaking out loud again. Damn, damn. Uh, to be honest, it's been a fairly bready week again this week. Uh, and yes, I know I really should call this section the Bishop's Weekly Bread, as the uh, podcast comes out every week. Uh, but it really does, does lose whatever fractional amounts of humour we were able to gather together. Um, if you lose the Daily Bread bit, you know, the Bishop, the Daily Bread... Uh, oh well, I'm, I'm going to run with it. Um, now, this week, I have been mostly making granary loaves. Um, again, cheating with my bread maker, and for some reason, granary loaves in this particular machine take 50% longer to cook than a white loaf. I'm not quite sure why. Um, you know, the white loaf recipe, essentially flour, water, yeast, a bit of sugar, a bit of salt. Um, actually, in this recipe, a bit of oil too. Boom, white loaf. For granary, slightly more, you know, the granary flour, water. More on this topic later. Uh, yeast, brown sugar this time, salt, um, oil again, and I, I think, I think for some people that's the um, forgive me the sacrilegious part, the oil in this bread. Um, uh, and for this recipe, this granary recipe, you need for some reason vitamin C powder, which fascinates me. I'm sure I could read up online as to why that's the case. Uh, I have yet to do so. Uh, maybe I will this week. I'm not even sure if I'm using the the right stuff. Really, I, I you know I just got a box of vitamin C tablets from the the healthcare section of the supermarket, uh, and I, I crushed one of them up and put it in. Um, the, the recipe calls for sixty milligrams. I mean, okay, I'll just grab my scales that measure in milligrams, and I'll measure out sixty milligrams of vitamin C. What? Sixty milligrams. Okay, I, I don't get it. I mean, okay, yes, I'll have to do some reading online and see what's what. But fine. Briefly back to the topic of water, 
specifically the temperature of the water. Uh, I've heard everything from, oh, it doesn't matter what temperature the water is, to, oh, it matters a bit, but don't worry too much, warmish water is fine, to, oh my god, one degree over and your yeast is dead and your bread will never work. Actually, these days I do hilariously go to the bother of getting the temperature of my water before I put it in. Um, for a while, like two weeks ago, I was aiming for sort of 24, 28 degrees Celsius, uh, but I decided I wanted to try warmer, so now I'm more a kind of 32 to 36 degree kind of guy. I mean, have I noticed any particular change? Not really, nope. Um, again, more reading to be done on that topic, I think. But to be fair, my granary loaves this week have all been perfectly delish. Um, poached eggs on toasted granary, yes. Or just toasted with peanut butter, yes. Or uh, slathered with butter and alongside a nice warming soup, yes, please. I have a mission for myself for next week, which may or may not go well. Um, soft dinner rolls. You know, the sort the sort that come in sort of batches in six from the supermarket. You know, the only sort of bread your nephew genuinely likes. That kind of thing. Rolls, baps, cobs, balm cakes, whatever you call them. Um, I think they might be next on the Bishop's Daily Bread radar. Well, there you go. Episode 10, done. Thanks very much for listening. Um, remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Our next episode will be out uh, next Friday, Friday the 21st of February 2020. You can look at past episodes on our website, artisan-creative.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let us know what you think. Get us on our socials. Find Steve Bonham on Facebook. That's our main social media channel. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash stevebonham01. On Twitter, Steve is stevebonham01. I'm Das Chris Lydon. Uh, Kev, I think, is still banned from Twitter. haven't heard if he's got his alt account set up yet, but I shall get, be in touch and check with him. We're on Instagram, stevebonham01. If you're interested, um, go to artisan-creative.com, sign up to the mailing list. Uh, it only comes out every quarter, so it's very, very low-key, uh, no bombardments. Um, if you go to that website as well, you get a free ebook download of Steve's book, A Little Nostalgia for Freedom. All of our music is up on Spotify and Apple Music, so go and have a listen. Um, our latest EP, released in October 2019, is on there including National Indoor Radio's Song of the Year last year, Wrapped Up in You. Um, I think it's also on number one on the UK country radio chart right now. The other songs on that EP are The Epic, American Wilderness, and Interstate 25, which you heard a little bit of earlier on. Thank you once again, brave adventurers, vagabonds and explorers. Remember, the world isn't beige, it's authentic, it's rich, and it's real. Embrace every last bit of it. Until next time, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. Bye for now. (laughs) 